I'm Ragnhel and this is the second episode of the second season of the Musician's Journey podcast. I feel that good advice is all around. There is no shortage of good advice. The challenge is to first remember it, then incorporating it into my day somehow. Several days in a row, huh? When I listened back to this talk I had with fellow Stockholm resident Andreas Passion, I was reminded of his very good suggestions around the topic of networking and to be curious and friendly and not rude. That's typically a thought I'll forget and be reminded of again and again. But I won't spoil more for you now. I'll let you hear for yourself and maybe you can get a little uh, reminder of something you thought you knew but that you'd forgotten for a little while as well. But before that, I have a recommendation to give. I've been feeling a tad overwhelmed recently by all the ideas I have and all the things I want to work on and to help me staying focused on one thing at a time as well as having the support of a creative online community, I have for the past months been participating in a new initiative called The Box. This is the creation of Miles Hansen and Bill Small. The Box is a structure and a container around one's projects. Every week we meet online for mutual support in our current projects. We give feedback and encouragement without adding more stress to the situation. I'm not someone who seeks social situations like these in real life. I'm very homey and I guess on the introverted side, but the box fits me perfectly as it is a small community so far with incredibly friendly and open-minded people. There is space for everyone and I feel seen and heard. If this sounds like something you'd like to try, you can go to theboxworkshop.com and by using the discount code Hello! In capital letters, C-E-L-L-O, you'll get 30% off for your first month. End of recommendation. The soundtrack for the podcast, which you hear in the beginning and in the end, is made by Gozira underscore, who is posting his musical journey on Instagram as Gozira underscore. If you want to support this podcast or leave a comment on an episode, you can do so on ko-fi.com slash the musician's journey podcast. And now meet the incredibly friendly and inspiring and productive Andreas Passion, who releases music under the name Andy Bridge. He brought one of his guitars and gave us a live performance. But since I'm not an audio engineer of any kind, you'll hear that the audio clips a little bit but I anyway thought it was way too beautiful to cut it out completely, and I'm pretty sure you'll agree. Should I have my guitar as well, or should I...? That would be super nice, you can... Um, sure. I can bring it. Yes, please do. Yeah. Kim did a little... Uh, a snippet of a rap when she was here. Okay. So it's really <laughs> cool to That's have nice. something uh, live. That yeah, hasn't happened yeah, it's, that it's much. quite nice, yeah. Right. Mm. Would you like I to introduce cannot. yourself? Yes, yes, I can do so. Yeah. So, uh, yes, my background is... Um, oh, what's your name for Oh, you? my name. Okay, we start with my name. Yes. So, my name is Andreas Persson, and uh, I have... Yeah, it's a, my life is a long story <laughs> of uh, in very many different chapters, I would say. And one, I mean, a major chapter in my life is music. And that in itself is a lot of different chapters. But I, like in, in music, I uh, been, uh, I got a guitar when I was 14 years old. So I started, compared to a lot of, like my friends, I started late. But, uh, mm. but it's still like I, I felt from the first day that the guitar, that's the thing that I'm, yeah, music and guitars, like I just got passion by day one and uh, like first months i basically i even slept with the guitar <laughs> some nights <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i had it by the side of my bed and uh, yeah i was 14 uh, years old i was like really in love with that yeah instrument uh, so, uh, yeah because it, it's a little human shaped yeah yeah similarly to the cello which yeah. is my instrument like yeah you, and when you yeah. play it it's almost like you hug it yeah so it, it yeah. becomes this true true yeah. i never thought about that as a, as a hug but it's true yeah, yeah. 
So, so that's like when it's the music journey started. And uh, as I started so late with music, I, I also I never had a f- thought that I was gonna work as a musician or I was gonna be a musician. Uh, so I studied uh, like business uh, until I was like 20. But then those years from 14 to 20, I felt more and more that I like, music is very key in my life. And so then after finishing like the gymnasium, I just felt like I, ne- I need to try it uh, for real. And then I went uh, studying jazz guitar for one year. And I so when I was 18, 19, I started picking up jazz and just felt that's an amazing world to get into. And uh, so I started first one year of jazz guitar and during that year I fell more and more into love with the piano as well and started playing jazz piano. So after when I was about to, to apply for the next uh, music school like a uh, folk school uh, like, uh, then it, I went for uh, jazz piano actually for a year, one year of jazz piano. And then, uh, like after half a year of like practicing eight hours a day with jazz piano, I felt uh, like my body said like, "Hey, you need to be careful." And and my uh, heart also. I had a heart for guitar still. So when I came back home at Christmas time that year, this is like back in two thousand two. I uh, picked up the guitar again. It was like covered by dust <laughs> basically mm. and and saw it from a new angle since I've been playing so much of jazz piano. I uh, suddenly it, almost a matrix feeling <laughs> that I could mm. see the guitar in a completely new way. That was really really cool. And then I started playing a lot of jazz guitar. So I applied for music university both on jazz piano and jazz guitar. Mm. And then I got accepted on jazz guitar for like a, an instrument ensemble and teacher, so I started doing that in 2003. And uh, after two years of music studies, I uh, decided to take a break and move to Stockholm and uh, just started working as a musician and guitar teacher um, and also a bit like leading choirs, uh, as I played so much piano as well. After a year of that, I decided to change my life completely. I, I mean, I also had the business background and a uh, heart for business and entrepreneurship so I, I started uh, yeah, I changed my path and started studying human resources and then I went into the tech industry for uh, like 10 years and I moved to Paris I worked at Google in Paris and then in Dublin with recruitment interviewed people from loads of countries and, and then I uh, moved back to Sweden and joined a Swedish company and uh, it was an amazing <laughs> journey of uh, like yeah, oh, yeah. The business journey is that's a long journey. But then I, after like ten years, I'm forty one now, and in two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen, I started feel like I need to have m- music even more incorporated in my life because, uh, especially like if you wanna play jazz and you wanna play jazz really good, then you need to practice a lot. So I felt I cannot work full time and still like keep up with the jazz guitar because I lost the jazz guitar for 10 years now since I didn't have time to practice. So then I went down to four days a week to do music on Mondays and then Tuesday to Friday work in the tech industry and uh, started playing at that time 2017 started playing uh, gypsy jazz which is a specific style from France and Belgium, Holland. And uh, we got very passionate about that and started playing with uh, every Monday I practice guitar and then just did Friday work. And then two years ago, I resigned from my work and started a company so I could be even more flexible in life and have like periods where I do music full time and periods when I do like I've been working based almost full time as a as a freelancer in tech, uh, so uh, I have like, and now I have two different companies. I started a new company in January, also in tech industry. So I, uh, yeah, I'm very much into entrepreneurship, and then very much into music. And uh, I would say also the last three years, I started like a journey of exploring a lot of different instruments. Mm. And uh, so, so that's like also my passion these days. Since I I don't need to make money on music, I I make money on music, but it's not not the main income. That makes me completely independent as well. I'm like I I can choose whatever I want to do, and I I don't need to practice like particularly. Uh, 
jazz guitar, which is like that's the still the instrument that I maybe have most gigs uh, playing jazz guitar and uh, and singing. But I, I can have a period where I like, uh, for instance, uh, two years ago almost I bought a, a chromatic harmonica. I started playing that, and mm. I got really, really into like uh, that as a solo instrument. And then, uh, like one and a half year ago, I bought uh, a violin. So I started playing violin, and that was really, really, really fun. So I practiced that for a summer. Yeah. And then I had a violin teacher, and that was uh, an amazing journey in itself. And then I bought uh, an accordion in December. Mm. So accordion is my that's my my new love, <laughs> like <laughs> the accordion. And my my newest newest love is the viola. Oh, As right. I bought a viola <laughs> some weeks ago, so started playing viola. Okay. Yeah, but that's pretty close to a, a violin. So, but it's still tuned differently. So. Yeah. It's more, it's somewhere in between a violin and a cello, I would yes. say. Yeah. Yeah. I love that sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I have a sister playing the viola. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful sound. Wow. Yeah. yeah sorry uh, for long, long yes. introduction. But uh, yeah, it could be longer. <laughs> and yet you're here so uh, relaxed and composed. It's just um, fascinating mm. to hear such a story. It feels like... You you managed to really focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> That's why yeah. you can go through so many different uh, yeah. topics and activities and interests. Yeah. First, I was thinking, going back a long way though, when <laughs> you were practicing so much yeah. piano and uh, you felt you had to take it easy what were the signals that your body was sending you mm, i think that i like since i've been playing guitar for so many years at that time and then suddenly i play a lot of piano like i really when i say eight hours a day i am not exaggerating i, I played a lot of piano mm. and like yeah, having that transition for the body and I, I didn't take enough breaks, but even if I took breaks, it was not enough for the body to like, for instance, my, my left arm, I felt it and I, my back, I felt it. And mm. uh, I uh, I think also I would have, it would have been good to have like an ergonomic teacher, someone who like was really like specialist on mm. like, how should I sit or how should I treat my body and like uh, doing this. So you mean you felt so it this, was my body. Uh, it was yeah. yeah. When you were not playing, uh, both when I was playing, but also a bit yeah. when I was not playing. Like yeah. uh, so, I really felt like I need to be super careful now, so I don't like push it too long or so, yeah. which I didn't. I it, it was okay, okay. but. Uh, yeah. It can be really hard to actually take those signals seriously. Uh, I've experienced several mm. times my body has uh, given me some serious warnings mm. when I've felt something somewhere and I suspect it's from my practice, my cello practice. It can be so hard to then relax and not practice as much mm. uh, because it feels totally wrong to do. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, my <laughs> what I thought of um, next was when you said it was like. Uh, like the matrix to go back to the guitar yeah. after all that piano practice and I imagined you saw the guitar in code yeah that you could <laughs> I saw it in a new, new way like it was very interesting because yeah. I like on the piano I practiced a lot like in in modern jazz you play a lot of it's very common that you mix a, a different kind of triads so you have a, a like a one chord like a, if you have a a G chord I don't know like how theoretical I should get but I if I try to make it uh, easy like on a, on a G chord G major chord and a, like a G7 chord you can put a lot of like triad chords over this uh, G chord so you have the G as a foundation and then you put like an like uh, E flat for instance or a D flat chord like a major triads E flat or D flat triad over the G that sounds really awesome and uh, I just explored a lot of tr different kind of triads so when I started playing the guitar again I just uh, continued using that kind of concept uh, mm -hmm. thinking and triads and thinking a lot about the exact notes so uh, when I started playing guitar I 
saw a lot of patterns. I saw the guitar as a lot of patterns and like boxes. So that I did for a long time. It was like rethinking of the guitar in a completely new way. Just seeing all the notes, like seeing whatever notes you have and, and just like see the note instead instead of like the this is this box and here you can play this and this rather seeing all the notes mm. so that was a really a big shift uh, and I think today it's incorporated both see I can see patterns sometimes when you play really fast you cannot like you, you cannot think all the notes but you need to feel it and then you, f you can feel the patterns but like in knowing every single note on the guitar and knowing how they relate to every uh, to to the theory so that that's one major thing uh, and I, I I can say uh, now I'm changing a little bit topic but it's connected to this mm. but one thing that I so I've been into improvisation since I was like 18 or now 16 years old and one very important thing for me to really become great at improvisation is that like that I had a an extra job uh, in a church for a summer uh, where I uh, for like two months I were gonna paint some windows some windows there was thousands of windows so it was really really boring work so I thought like what can I do with those hours <laughs> when I paint and I just want to play guitar <laughs> so I started singing intervals mm. And singing all those twelve uh, intervals, like da 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 so like singing those and just like mixing all those kind of intervals back and forth, and singing the major scale and the minor scale first, like the the just the the common the ordinary major scale, for instance, and then putting in uh, like uh, another note which makes it uh, another major scale or like the major uh, the, the minor Aeolian scale I started mm. playing that and then I just changed one note so it's a Dorian and then change one note more and then it's like the mm. melodic and then the harmonic and just like you're getting to know all those I did this for some months when painting those windows yeah. uh, and that's I think has been very important for me in my music career because now I I really, when I improvise, I sing the melodies inside of me. I, I, it's almost hard to play the wrong note because I know where all the notes are, and then I, then I just know that this, this is the correct note. Like, of course, if you play extremely complex, you can still lose it. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but uh, in, uh, yeah, a lot of jazz and like almost all pop music, I, I, I practice the ear so much, so I just. I just uh, I can feel it but it's I think it's from this practice like uh, having spent mm. a lot of hours with uh, with the scales and and uh, just singing intervals and not with the instrument but really doing it vocally and then you sing it vocally with the guitar or with the piano so practice singing and playing the melody at the same time and sometimes like you can start with singing the thing and then you just play it and just see can you play the exact same thing as you just sang and just like practice those those things mm. wow. yeah yeah <laughs> how can a note be wrong what do you mean by wrong note wrong note is uh, like not the intended note right yeah so I, I i somehow i feel like a constant flow of melodies inside of me and the constant flow of melodies i have inside of me that's the notes that i would like to get out there mm. so if i sing something in my head and play something else that's like for me i consider it a, a wrong note yeah how do you go from there when that happens or when it used to happen back in the day mm. or maybe mm. it still happens sometimes it happens yeah. for sure it yeah. will always happen it will happen uh, until yeah. my last day so then yeah. the thing is to still own it and yeah, uh, yeah. maybe yeah. Take a different route. Exactly. From that the, will also make you grow and uh, yeah. and surprise you sometimes. Like that was nice. Yeah. I could never think about that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's also quite nice to to make the wrong notes. The way mm. I can relate to that because I don't do melodic improvisation. Mm. But if I'm gonna perform some solo Bach, then. I, I know in advance that something will happen at some point mm. because in Bach you have 
maybe um, page after page of eight notes <laughs> just running and maybe I'm able to play it all from memory when I'm practicing mm. and I feel very safe and secure mm. but uh, every time I perform uh, something happens in a totally unpredictable place mm. each time so before I perform solo Bach I just accept this fact and mm. I can actually feel a little excited mm. and uh, think wow I wonder where it will happen yeah. this time yeah. and when it happens yeah. how do I deal with it yeah do I manage to elegantly get back on track or do I lose it completely yeah. <laughs> do I manage to not make a face mm. Yeah. That's very interesting and so much about music psychology, everything, yeah. Yeah. Like how uh, how you relate to what you do, what you play, yeah. There's yeah. a very good book called Inner Game of Music, which is a follow-up on Inner Game of Tennis, which has been a revolution for the sports industry. And then they made a music version called Inner Game of Music from the maybe 80s or something or 90s. Okay. A very good book that is around like... Uh, practicing and performance and like how do you relate to what you do and uh, like being mm. I, I can strongly recommend that book yeah. can you share how it changed your approach to performing um, so oh, I, I don't know like that specific book is what has made the most impact on me so for me it's like scattered knowledge about so many things in life so I think that that book has its puzzle pieces for me and uh, and then other things has their puzzle pieces but the one thing with that book is the very it's very connected to um, like mindfulness and uh, like being really in the now and uh, really feel like how does it feel when i play this string and with this tone how does it feel right now just try to uh, yeah present in the moment and and just exploring music and and uh, trying to be more in the feelings than uh, too much in analysis in the in the brain like it's if i compare it to because it was more recently that i read in a game of tennis i read that two times because that's a super good book which you can relate to music as well mm. and that's one thing in that book is that the, the more traditional way of approaching uh, tennis, for instance, was that you should think about like those 10 or 20 or like a lot of different things you should think about. But that book says basically like you, you, you cannot think about those things. You must feel it instead. And like, uh, of course, you can focus on just one specific thing and just, okay, try to feel, okay, if you focus on this uh, specific thing and do a small change how does that feel but like just going back to the feeling all, all the time instead of like uh, in music for instance if we're talking about Bach and a fugue a fugue the Bach fugue I one I played a it's like five and a half minutes and it doesn't repeat once mm -hmm. so I know exactly what you mm -hmm. say and that's one of the definitely <laughs> hardest things I've ever played but if I would like uh, think about all the different parts of the Bach fugue that might be tricky or that I need to think about this and this and this and this and this along the way then I, I will for sure mm. mess it up a lot so I, I just need to be there with the music and just uh, feel like going into feeling of I love music I love to play and then whatever happens happens and uh, I will sort it out somehow mm. I can improvise <laughs> It yeah. might not be the Bach that you know, but <laughs> modern Bach. <laughs> and surprisingly few would even notice that anything exactly. was happening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me, there was something that happened when I turned, what was that, 21, I think. It was a, a very clear shift that came kind of out of nowhere. Just before that, I remember I had performed uh, a Schubert sonata and from beginning to end of the whole thing I was feeling really bad I, I was just waiting for it all to be over and for some reason that same summer I was going to perform again somewhere and it just struck me as I was sitting there warming up for myself that my only task is to fill this room with sound so mm. that others can hear it and from then on 
I have never really been very nervous about mm. playing because something shifted from the technicalities of what I'm doing and my instruments, like what my fingers are doing, things like that. Mm. From that to what does it sound like, whatever I'm putting into the room. So mm. it was some kind of expansion, I guess. Yeah. From this tiny little bubble of my instrument and me yeah. to the whole space and sharing the sound with others. Mm. That's a nice approach to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been also thinking a lot about like uh, the being um, scared on, on stage or like having those uh, um, panic feelings or, or uh, being tensed in, in the body. And I have for sure felt that as well. I re rarely feel really nervous these days, or I, I think it almost doesn't happen because I, it's a, a view on life that has changed for me. Mm. Uh, so it's a it's a major shift, but uh, that's also a big journey. So it's like hard to point on one thing that, and uh, yeah, interesting to hear your story because you you have your your way of finding your your path towards uh, like coping with being frightened on stage or mm. being yeah, scared to perform and uh, I think I, I found my path and so we all need to I think it's really interesting to explore that path and see what what will be my path to mm. uh, reach this uh, whatever you want to reach <laughs> but like yeah. there, are, there are different ways of approaching that I, I was actually when you mentioned this thing i was reflecting back to uh, when i was gonna apply to the jazz uh, like a conservatory the bachelor in uh, music university in stockholm that's basically the hardest thing you can get into in sweden like this three-year study to become a jazz guitar player just just uh, just musician mm. the only i don't know if they let maybe two guitar players every year or something and and uh, I had I remember how I really I really wanted to start that program I really wanted to go that path and I I was so obsessed by that path need to be my path somehow mm. but when I was gonna perform in front of I did it tried two years but when I was gonna perform in front of the jury it was like my fingers were locked my improvisation mm. I couldn't handle it so mm. So I think it would be very interesting. Uh, I don't. I don't want to do that now. Uh, but if I would do it, I, I'm sure I would have a completely different way of relating to it. I mean, because I so clearly seen that that is not the only path. That's just one path, and you can try it. But like, not put your life on. I need to do this path. But you can, if you can see this as just. Let's see where music takes me, and this could be one path, or it could be something else. But I why not try it if you can't enter if you are not accepted then i mean that's so okay you will still be uh, mm. perfect the way you are and and there are like for instance now these days i play like most musicians i play with have studied this bachelor either recently or or they study the bachelor like this this program that i wanted to enter they they've studied it or they are finished with it and are already working full-time with music and i we play together in different bands and those are mostly the musicians that i play with so really that i didn't study it doesn't mean that i cannot play with those musicians you mm. can like have so different paths into like growing your music network so i think that's uh, healthy to think around a bit because it's easy to get stuck in a in a thought that you I need to go to this school, mm. but you really don't need to go to this school. No, you can go so many paths. Yeah, that's true. And you can do business. I mean, no, that sounds like a perfect combination of things. If you actually want to do music, that you mm. have knowledge about business. Yeah. <laughs> Can you Indeed. say can you say something please about what from the business world has really helped you as a musician? Uh, a lot of yeah. things. So because I, I feel I, I get a lot of gigs. <laughs> I have practiced a lot of music and I feel I have a good level in playing music, but it's I would say it's so much more the, the networking and uh, being interested in, in people and being interested in different contexts and, and not being afraid of reaching out and not only like try to 
give opportunities for myself but I I am really I love to give opportunities for other people and when you give opportunities for that other people that really it's just like such a win-win because then uh, the more people that you can give opportunities to the more people will have you on top of mind when they have gigs and so on mm. so it's like really uh, what's it called in english ring up vatnet it's like rings, you, on, the rings water. on the water yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. for instance like now i i play every thursday i play uh, like gypsy jazz in a bar in kungsholmen so i bring different musicians every week and the violinists and double bass players and uh, saxophonists and trombonists and all kinds of musicians and uh, I realized that because I don't done that now on and off during corona when it was been possible like uh, for almost two years one and a half two years and uh, that has given me so many other gigs and mm -hmm. just like inviting musicians and then they and then we form other bands and we have other gigs and mm -hmm. and I uh, been yeah contacting a lot of different companies uh, mainly in the tech industry because I'm working in the tech industry so I have um, like got gigs on uh, company mingles and so on and on and then mm. those mingles can lead to a wedding gig like they hear me sing at that company mingle and then they want me on their wedding and then on the wedding there are other people in the wedding that see me perform and then they want me on their wedding mm. and if I cannot make it I will uh, let some other musician take the gig and then this other musician like uh, invites me to another gig so it's like really Mm. It's a big, uh, it's a big network. Yeah. So being curious and getting to know people and try to help people along the way. We, we like need to help each other and yeah. uh, creating those opportunities. So it sounds like you're saying just jump into it yeah, and jump start it. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't need to know yeah. much. Like you will learn along the way. You will learn mm. when you fail. Or you will learn when you. Like, uh, okay, so when I said hello, what should I say now? Just like, mm. you, you just say hello and see what happens. Like, just mm. just start somewhere. And have business yeah. cards. Yeah, you, you can have business cards. I, I have LinkedIn. Right. Like, LinkedIn okay. is, a, I'm a really a geek on LinkedIn. I've also worked on LinkedIn uh, as, a, as an employee in the past. And uh, as a musician, the LinkedIn networks are growing. And especially if you want gigs in the business sector mm. and having a LinkedIn profile and reaching out to companies through LinkedIn, that's where I reach out to connect with companies. Huh. I had a LinkedIn mm. profile for a year and then I mm. deleted it because I, I barely had time to keep up with Facebook and Instagram. Mm. And there was no time left for uh, LinkedIn. Mm. So that's one way of using it as a musician to yeah. reach, reach out, out to companies. Yeah. To companies, that is, if you have uh, something to offer, if you're playing yeah. a certain type of music. Yeah, I would. I mean, either you're a generalist or you actually focus on uh, one or two or three different projects. I think that's pretty nice as well. Like to have a niche when you reach out to a company. Maybe say like we play gypsy jazz. We have this or this quartet or we play I have a band which is called the Social Bossa Club so then we play Bossa Nova music so then we have that as a concept so reaching out with that concept like I would say if you if you have a LinkedIn account I would say like going into LinkedIn and search for instance event manager or HR manager or CTO or any and like uh, this different kind of positions which are like decision-making positions for forming events uh, then reaching out to those and pitch your concept right. I think it could be one way to build a network and some are not they have no opportunities right now but then like I'm also very much into structure I'm a structure freak so like I have Google Sheets and you can have Google Sheets on the companies and uh, name of the people that you contacted and uh, if they answered or not if they didn't answer you can send a follow-up email and then uh, when they responded you can just have a note on that like not interested right now mm. and then like in six months you can follow that up like you say how, mm. how are you doing these days like uh, we talked six months ago because you in google sheets you can date it so i messaged this person on the 25th of may 2022 
and then in October you can say we talked in the end of May and uh, just wanted to get back to you. <laughs> so like putting having that kind of structure uh, helps a lot uh, to get gigs. Yeah. And to not be afraid to bother others. Yeah. Because I would just imagine that they are struggling keeping up with their inboxes at all time. Mm. And why should I? I mean, t to to actually write a follow-up email would feel like such a an intrusion or something like that. But you're saying mm. there's no need to be afraid of that. No, mm. like, like of course you can communicate in different ways, but uh, not being too afraid of uh, reaching out again. But maybe after six months or uh, or ten or twelve months or something like that, just keeping yourself in the loop for this uh, this company. Mm. And and then of course always think about like how I, would I want to be treated if I if I was approached mm. what would be an interesting approach really try to think about what's interesting for them when you compose a message for instance you say that uh, very fascinating with your business in uh, in environmental sustainability I really love this topic and uh, I'm actually a musician so. Being a musician in uh, in a company like yours with the values you have, I think would be really interesting, because then you show them that you're interested in what they do. You're not only thinking about your own world, but you're actually thinking what could be interesting for this person to hear. But then, uh, like uh, when it comes to like following up with messages and so on, that's also like the way business world works. Like uh, yeah. you need to remember people about your existence. If you don't, they, uh, no one will knock your door. So, but you can do it in a friendly way. Yeah. And and that is, if I was gonna say one important thing in this podcast, it would be that try to treat everyone in a good, like in a human way, independent on if this person will be your next partner, your next uh, collaboration, or your next musical uh, uh, ally, or your the next company you will be working, or, or it will never be the right fit for you. But like trying to like really being interested, genuinely interested in people, the one you meet, and, and treat them in a good way, uh, uh, that will help so much because you never know what will like it's it's like uh, how you treat the world like the world will treat you mm. uh, and that's how I like coach both musicians but also I coach when I coach uh, employees in companies or I coach recruitment teams and so on I always tell them like that's this is the number one key like really try to be human and mm. be be and be curious about the one you're gonna meet now and even in times when it like might feel like oh we're really not connecting this i cannot stand this person rather than just maybe being angry directly and just act on that anger or whatever it is trying to take one step back and listen to yourself your own inner voice for some seconds and like what is this anger why am i so angry and is it really that person that is like really treating me better or is it just something are there perspectives that I cannot see right now that other things underneath that I need to explore mm. and then uh, being genuinely interested in other people and their perspectives uh, I think that will uh, help solve a lot of conflicts out there or at least feel differently about the conflicts and it has to become a habit before the actual situation occurs because yeah. then it's too late. It's yeah. it's so easy to yeah. react yeah. on a negative yeah. emotion. Yeah. I've been thinking about this since I started to make myself more visible last year as mm. a cellist and cello teacher. Mm. When I was walking in the street, I remember I started to think I'm actually representing myself now as uh, the cellist that I am. And if I'm uh, rude to someone, <laughs> what if they show up for a first cello lesson at some point and since they remember me being rude to them that time, they will have this, mm. you know, negative impression of me, mm. uh, righteously so. So it started to feel like a lifestyle that is just always there. And I even started to think about it when I'm waiting for a tram, for example, if I'm standing with my phone and I look totally dead on my face and I have my cello on my back, I don't really look like 
the most exciting person to approach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's not very subtle. Yeah. So it sometimes makes me just feel more present wherever I am. So when I'm waiting for the tram and I have my cello on my back, maybe I can look like a professional cello teacher that mm. someone could feel more inclined to approach and yeah. saying, hey, is it a cello on your back? I'm actually mm. thinking of starting up yeah. uh, playing again, mm. you know? And maybe that's not a healthy approach because it can also be good to be able to, you know, take a break, to, to switch yeah. on and off. Yeah. I can't be on all the time. But this no. was just something unforeseen that happened mm. last year when yeah. I started getting into this. Mm. Uh, before that I, I had jobs where um, I was an employee and I would go to work and when I would leave I was off, totally mm. off work. I was anonymous and there is something very comfortable about that. So, mm. so yeah, I guess uh, now as I'm experiencing everything <laughs> for the first time in a way when it comes mm. to being a professional musician, I will uh, first now, you know, I'm trying to build up everything, grow everything. Mm explore and then at some point I will have to feel okay I have to balance things out now mm -hmm. I have to be a professional cellist and then switch off mm. And, mm. and relax about it so you have all this experience with getting into uh, lots of different instruments and uh, genres mm. what do you have to say about how you then approach this new Thing. Do you have your way of getting into it? Do you use YouTube tutorials? Do you read a book? Do you take lessons with a teacher? Do you get into the, yeah. the theory? I mean, when yeah. you... A bit everything, everything of, of that, right. I would say. It's a mix. Are you structured there as well? Uh, I do way? I do definitely have structure, yeah. I'm, a, in general, I would say, quite structured person mm. like I I usually one thing is that I usually always take some lessons in the subject that I'm interested in if it's like violin I took violin lessons if it's a uh, chromatic harmonica I took chromatica harmonica lessons to to like really level up as quickly as possible to take like the shortcuts to knowledge uh, mm. I need professional advice to not like just do a lot of like yeah like to to learn wrong to learn in a way that mm. just makes it slower for me i want to learn in a, in a smart way and a really methodical like a process driven way so that's one thing i would definitely recommend having a great teachers and i get to know so many great teachers because i play with them mm. so like the accordion is one of my favorite accordion players and and we we play and jam and then I take a lesson and the same like uh, and I take singing lessons from the one uh, fantastic the best singing teacher ever he's in the and he works in the opera so I learned so much about singing from him and then I take uh, jazz guitar lessons from my like biggest inspiration on the Swedish jazz scene so he's like yeah he taught me so much about jazz guitar and the same with jazz piano, like my favorite jazz piano player, I took lessons from him. And so, so that is one aspect of it, I would say. Okay, so you uh, you actually approach your favorite musicians. Yeah, my favorite musicians. And, and, I, uh, yeah, yeah. and I did that already before the music university, actually. Because I feel that the, the music, t like the guitar p teachers in the music university was not the perfect guitar players I felt so I wanted to have like my dream teachers not only the ones in the university but I so when I saw a concert uh, with like my favorite guitar players then I after or in the past or so I started talking with them and then I had their contacts and I started taking lessons so then all the years when I studied music I was like took lessons from like the the top players that I really wanted instead of just having the music university teachers so I would say that was, that has definitely been important, and not so much about like they're not the best pedagogics like always like they they're just like amazing musicians. But for me, it's more about just understanding what do you do rather than they need to be like teaching me in the best way. Like uh, yeah, when it comes to that level of guitar 
then it's much more about like you just want to sit there together mm -hmm. with them and, and try to understand what they do. Mm -hmm. And then so that's one thing. Another thing is that I, I, <clears throat> I think the the approach of I know that if I'm systematic and like uh, I have my process for learning, I know that I will develop, and that's an excitement for me to develop. I know that if I do new things every day. I will learn new things every day and I will progress. So I just, I really need to keep practicing every day. And if it's so is for, for some like 10, 20 minutes, that's, uh, that will take me somewhere yeah. if I continue doing new things. And then one extremely important thing is to play slowly. Like if you really want to learn something, like for instance in a in a Bach fugue, if you want to like really learn that Bach fugue, don't pick up the guitar and play it from the start because your main problem might be after four minutes or something into the piece. So you need to go to the places where where the difficulty is and really play that extremely slow until you feel like how does the muscles feel when I play this. How, how is the actual exact movement of my fingers that will actually make me succeed on this? Mm. And then put it into pieces. If it's eight notes after each other that you, you fail every time, it's not the eight notes that make you fail, but something between two of those notes or something that happens just before you play those eight notes mm. that make you come into the wrong setting and just like when you figured out what exact thing is it that you make that you play wrong then just focus on that and do it a lot of times maybe two three days in a row just practice that thing and then you will learn it and then you cannot play the wrong thing that you did previously because you unlearned that mm. way of playing and you implemented your new way of playing so that's uh, one key and then if I was gonna say one more thing is to like for instance if you play advanced jazz guitar then like buying a book for instance of uh, Pat Metheny I practiced a lot of Pat Metheny uh, he's uh, one of my gods <laughs> I have never had a lesson from him unfortunately <laughs> he's in the US but uh, so when I practice his books I play exactly as he plays and when I play exactly as he plays I can play almost everything he plays because he tries to make the most easy way of playing as possible so when I before I bought those books and I tried to practice what he did, did I just listen to the record and tried to practice it it was completely impossible to play and when I saw him play it he played it more horizontally and I played vertically on my guitars I took the same notes but I took them in different ways which made it impossible to take those notes but if I played the notes and with a pick I played exactly as he played I could play like double the speed and I could uh, it was uh, really amazing and when I really did that uh, methodologically like uh, when I did that systematic just took beat for beat like or bar for bar I played Pat Metheny songs I that changed my playing a lot so yeah. yeah, so I implemented his kind of technique into my playing, but I had to see it on the sheet, like the the tablature, exactly how he how he looks on the guitar. Mm. That was also a part of my matrix feeling to understand how he sees the guitar. He's playing horizontally, he's horizontal. He's not playing vertical in the guitar. Mm. That's very very cool. So you mean physically, the way he holds yeah, the guitar? Yeah, no, the notes. So the instead notes. of like uh, like playing, uh, so he might uh, like walk two strings just up from the first to the twelfth fret instead of like playing those twelve notes. Uh, uh, to across instead the of like strings, yeah, right. across the strings. Mm. So so the same note you can take in different ways. Yeah, and he he's much more <laughs> thinking horizontally mm. when he plays lines than vertical boxes. Mm. Yeah. I would say this this principle goes for guitar and bass and maybe I don't know violin, but I like to think more horizontal when doing lines. Do, do you ever have a, a bad day <laughs> where you're you know you don't have this motivation to keep on learning? Do, do you ever have days where you're just well, I guess since you also have business and tech, yeah. and you have enough things to kind of yes. circulate among so yeah. that you can't really get tired of... It's not yeah. like you I do one thing all yeah, the time. Yeah, I don't do only music, no. no. Yeah, I do so many things. Yes. 
but uh, but uh, also like not playing full time for me, I had it's been tricky with my ears, like with tinnitus and like uh, and very sensitive ears. So when I when I'm not playing full time, I uh, my ears like they heal, they get better. But when I start playing now, uh, the last weeks I had more concerts I, every day, almost concerts every day now, and uh, and then I uh, I really feel it coming back. Like I get a bit more sensitive in my ears, even mm. if I have earplugs. So that is also one reason for not playing full time because I it's really tough for the ears to play full time to get all this sound all the time. The sound comes from your fellow musicians, I guess, because you can't really play yeah. acoustic and guitar. F- and, and when it's like parties, th- no, so, so like uh, on Saturday I had a concert which was much more like a band with drums and stuff, yeah. and I played the keyboard and the electric guitars and so on. Like, so that kind of music, uh, I, I don't play much of that music because it's too tough on my ears. Yeah. Uh, and it's so cool that you brought your guitar. Yeah. Do you want to play? Uh, yeah, I can play one of my songs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm, you're you're not called Andreas Pasha on no, Spotify. No, on Spotify it's Andy Bridge. Andy Bridge. And Bridge that stands for like uh, that I many of my songs uh, is about like uh, bridging the gap between people and bridging cultures and then also bridging styles of music it's a, like a mix of jazz and pop and uh, latin and all kinds of stuff so so it's like a bridge is a symbol for me for connection and people and we usually we're on different side of the bridge and then we need to cross the bridge to to see the other person's perspective and uh, so it's like a, it's a metaphor, yeah. and Andy, usually people call me Andy, it's been my whole life, instead of Andreas, so yeah. that's my Andy Bridge. And on um, Instagram, that's why I'm mostly active, and then, and then on Instagram I am Andy Bridge Music, so mm. that's where you find me. Mm. And that's where you find my concerts as well, like I post my concerts on, uh, on Instagram. And then I also have a lo-fi project actually called Vintage Future and I, yes. where I produce uh, together with a, a producer in the music university. Mm. So we uh, we have a principle that we uh, we write the song in one hour, and then uh, ah. and then we can mix it a little bit afterwards. But that song is we should be done from scratch to finish in one hour. Yes. So we have super uh, productive uh, sessions when we meet. That sounds great, because yeah, you always uh, use the time that you have or something like yeah, that. Yeah, somehow. So if, yeah. You, if you would say, we have yeah. a week to make a song, yeah, you wouldn't make something seven times as good as the one you made in an, a day. Yeah. Or even true. less, an yeah, hour. An hour, yes. yeah. yeah. So, but this song is uh, with the Andy Bridge, um, and the, this is on Spotify. It's called Imagination of Reality. The street outside my window A man walking by With a golden hat He stumbles in a limbo Afraid to act Like I don't know why Certainly someone follows him wherever he goes A spy in the shadows with silver eyes looking for He's just on a fly And he starts to cry When he realized Just the trick of his mind Some live in dreamland Some people escape 
whether or not it's happening Imagination, do you need to be sure Born to this world, there are million ways of living planting roses he starts to talk with the flowers he likes he starts giving kisses caresses the leaves like they were his love he certainly feel him he would marry the plants if they gave him a Whether or not it's happening Imagination, do you need to be sure But in this world there are a million ways of living So live in dreamlands and people escape Whether or not it's happening Imagination need to be sure born to this world there are a million ways of living we want to be sure that the things they feel is truly real but the neighbors they love making fun of them thinking they are No direction to go, they run alone. They start to cry when they realize it's just a trick of their minds. Thank you. <laughs> the big black oh, it's the big black yeah. yeah and now that you were playing uh, yeah. I will soon let you go but uh, yeah. I was thinking practically speaking as a musician since you yeah. I mean when you play the piano you don't want long fingernails but when yeah. you play the guitar you want some <laughs> fingernails yeah definitely you want long fingernails That's I have some uh, in, well. <laughs> in between like, yeah. yeah but I need uh, especially when playing jazz and especially when playing classic guitar I need nails yeah and if you play flamenco, you need long nails, like <gasps> yeah. longer nails. But uh, yeah. But at least because it's on your right hand, yeah. So you can still play violin and viola, yeah. Because that's the bow hand, yeah. So that works, yeah. I I love to collect instruments, yeah. yeah. And actually, many of my instruments are hand built because I know a uh, uh, guy in Södermalm, uh, uh, an old man uh, between 75, 80 years old, and he builds instruments, and he's so passionate about this. Uh, he has his, in, he has, he builds this instrument in his flat in Södermalm, in an apartment, with a saw and everything, you know, like in the, like uh, all the the wooden uh, blocks and stuff in his apartment. So it looks like uh, when you enter his place, it's it's uh, coming in, entering a different world of like just mm. like all the woods and everywhere and like the different uh, yeah all this yeah so many instruments. Like he has them besides his bed and then besides his sofa and the living room. So I like it's for me it's heaven to go there and I cannot enter his place without buying something because he also doesn't charge so much for the instruments. Like to be hand built, it's very mm -hmm. cheap. So all like the violins and many of the guitars uh, and the mandolins and the charango and the banjos, all those instruments that he built. Mm. So uh, he's wow. amazing. How yeah. did you find this person? Uh, on Blocket, actually. Okay. So he's not famous, like no one knows about him. It's just like a, it's a hidden secret. Really? But he's amazing. So yeah. he's not uh, 
advertising for himself. Yeah, very I think much. that I, I, if you want to reach him, I think it's better just like write a message to me, and I right. can see with him like uh, if he wants more customers or if he like because I don't want to mention the name. Uh, like, mm. yeah, so. I think it's better just you can you can ping me and then I can ask him if I mm. he wants to sell an instrument or so like we get well, yeah yeah just for the <laughs> integrity yeah. okay so the takeaway from this talk would be to uh, uh, be friendly and socialize yes <laughs> yes <laughs> because when you start discovering the place you live in you will just find more the more you look for it and as you get to know people you get to know more people and it will just yeah there will be the rings on the water mm. like you said and what comes around what goes around comes around yes and uh, don't be rude yes and if you want lots of instruments it doesn't hurt to have a career within the tech uh, yeah. business <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. it is an enabler. Yeah. Uh, you have some music on Spotify, and you have uh, you are on Instagram, and you are on yeah. LinkedIn. I will just yeah include links to those places. Yeah. Yes. Do that. Mm. So yeah. good luck with the rest of your endeavors yes. in all fields. Yeah. In all fields. <laughs> yeah. For listening, there are links in the show notes so that you can keep track on Andreas's music making. And I know there are lots of business people listening to my podcast, so take a look at his LinkedIn profile and see if he can be a fit for your next event. I am happy you're here. Take care. <laughs>